0: And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. Rob Black and your money. Call Rob 1-800-345-5639. Here's Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating
1: talk. Welcome in to Rob Black and your money. I am Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Typically talking stock markets, but on occasion I go into investment advice for college kids. Investment advice for 20-somethings, for 30-somethings, for 40-somethings. On rare occasions, I get into investment advice for 60-somethings. Why do I say on rare occasions? In large part because, well, you're out of time. Best thing that you got going for you in the world of investing is time. Time in down markets. If you got longer the time, the more you want to down market. So later in life, as you're running out of time, you want those up markets. There's no doubt about it in any way, shape, or form. So yesterday was a scary day on Wall Street. We started off with a 3.1% drop on the S&P 500 out of the gate. Scary, scary, very scary. Um, but by the end of the day, we battled back to break even. This is a market that's pretty resilient. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that today. Because so, I, I think that's going to be important for you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Pick up the phone, give me a call. We'll talk money, we'll talk investing, savings for kids, saving for college, saving for your nest egg, paying for a home, those are the big ones, right? But if you come up with any other topics, I'll, I'll gladly play along with you. Let's start by taking a look at the opening bell and where the markets came out of the gate. <laughs> markets opened today better than expected. We saw the Dow now up 83 points, S&P 500 up 28, and the NASDAQ, no, the NASDAQ's up 28, and the S&P's up 10. So good day, good all-around day. Nothing crazy, just good all-around day. Uh, Economic data today was was pretty important to eyeball. Now, again, economic data to some is not sexy. To others, it's wildly sexy. Durable goods. April orders for big-ticket manufactured items were up twice as much as expected.
0: The Commerce Department saying orders for what are also called durable goods surged nearly 3% overall last month. The increase coming largely from a rebound in demand for commercial aircraft, which had been weak for some time. Take transportation
1: out of the picture, though, and orders fell by 1%, but that was after a big gain the month before. So that's Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes in Washington. And durable goods are important because they're big-ticket items. They, they sort of show an economy working. They show houses being built. If you're going out and getting a refrigerator, so if you're going out and buying a jet engine. So durable goods very, very, very important to pay attention to. Elsewhere, further evidence that a spring surge in home sales continued last month. Here's Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes in Washington.
0: New home sales jumping nearly 15% in April with buyers rushing to sign contracts before that home buyer tax break deadline, which arrived at the end of the month. It follows a nearly 30% March surge in new home sales. The Commerce Department report also follows Monday's report from the National Association of Realtors showing sales of previously owned homes rose nearly 8% last month. The concern, though, is the tax credit's expiration could mean sales will be way down this summer. In Washington, Chris Barnes... Fox News
1: Radio. So, again, uh, that data, mm, we look at it on a one-month basis and we go, good, 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 good. We look at it on a year-over-year basis and we go, great. But if you were to put it in another perspective, like how do those new home sales look compared to 10 years ago? It's awful. It's awful. So data, it has to be somehow – you have to build a case. You can't just say, ah, that data looks good. Let's move forward. It, It just doesn't work like that in any way, shape, or form. So the S&P 500 battled back yesterday. That's clearly the big story from the opening losses. Today we're moving higher. I saw a report out of Morgan Stanley about how they're changing their global portfolio. Portfolio is your stocks, your bonds, your real estate. And they're saying, we're not afraid of Greece. They're saying, we're not afraid of, of the slowdown. We're putting more money into stocks. We're overweighting stocks. I'll talk about that a little later in the show because I think it's, it's compelling talk to say the least so i'm investing i'm buying that's what i'm doing at this point in time i like the fact that we had a little bit of a blowout a little bit of steam came out of the market and totally good with that and actually again tell you the truth i kind of like it now democrats have come out in the state of california and they've given us a budget very similar to the budget schwarzenegger gave us from the republican side of the fence so they're looking at billions of dollars more for schools and universities. No devastating cuts to programs for the poor. Millions of dollars for reeling cities and counties. And the only new taxes to be paid would be by oil companies, a long sought proposal that may find sympathy now in California due to the backlash over the Gulf of Mexico oil spill. So Democrats are throwing out something pretty, pretty smart. You know, now's the time to pick on oil companies. There's no doubt about it. So that's according to the budget, again, unveiled by the Democrats in the Assembly. Now, one of the big problems here is it's really throwing out a lot of best-case scenarios. So the tax maneuvers that they're doing, they're borrowing $9 billion against the state's recycling program, and that's just a broke attempt overall to plug a $19.1 billion deficit while staving off harsh cuts proposed by Governor Schwarzenegger. At one point in time, we're gonna have to stop borrowing money. We're gonna have to start paying it down. So, and, and the fact that you know, at the one point last year, the state government took money from local cities. Now again, they're they're gonna get it back. Now we're taking money from the state's recycling program. It shows you how pathetic and how desperate we are to um, keep the spending as is. So it's looking as if you know they could get about a 1.2 billion dollars with the oil tax. That's, that's about the rest of the number. Um, that you know you can extrapolate from the the, the ta- that tax number 1.2 billion it's not going to fix our problem of a 19 billion dollar deficit so borrowing 8 billion dollars against the state's recycling program it's not going to fix the problem it's going to give us some of the much needed cash now but cash now pay later so the oil tax is key right now in trying to make sure that that K through 12 schools continue to get overall funding as is. So another part of the, th- the deal is, is they're going to delay $2.1 billion in scheduled corporate tax breaks. It counts on huge, rosy, rosy estimates of tax revenues. And, again, it just it's just bogus. Our budget deficit is, is a problem. Our budget proposal is problematic. Um, when you count on the rosier estimates, like if you're throwing in numbers like 7% unemployment, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. So this time next year, they're just going to have to borrow more money, borrow more money, borrow more money. So what are we going to do about it? So Republicans, of course, have drawn a line in the sand. Isn't that dramatic? I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I'm just going to kick sand right on top of it. So Republicans have drawn a line in the sand about no new taxes. And even the governor, who at one point in time, you know, championed, you know, taxes against the oil companies, he's backing off that at this point in time. So all I can tell you is is our government, our state, All they do is kind of like legal gymnastics and financial engineering. It's just a show. It's just a show. And it's kind of sad, and it's ultimately rather pathetic. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Do you want to comment on the state budget? Do you want to comment on BP? Again, President Barack Obama is in town. Maybe he'll hear you. Maybe not. He's headed to the airport right about now. If he if he has to go through security and uh, stand in line, he's probably heading to SFO right about now. But somehow I get the feeling he's not going through security and he's not standing in line. But his flight's uh, scheduled to take off right around noon. What's happening in the world? I just saw, saw the Wall Street Journal cover. And soldiers in Kingston, they're uh, firing at armed groups opposed to the arrest and extradition of uh, a U.S. citizen Christopher Dotus Koch. So what's Jamaica, there's fighting in the streets in Jamaica, the country known for smoking ganja and relaxing, being the most relaxed country in the world. Fighting in the streets, shooting guns at each other. What kind of world do we live in? When's that going to happen here in San Francisco? It will. So anyway, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. If you're out of the area... Pick up the phone and give us a call, and yesterday we had some technical difficulties with this number, but it's fixed today, 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, but don't drop me stock questions on email. I can't answer them, 800-rob uh, at robblack.com, as well as my Facebook group page is I Hate Rob Black. I Hate Rob Black. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll take a look at... Our Congress, our government, trying to take a bite out of Apple. Apple's in the crosshairs of the legal system today. It's Rob Black and Your Money, 910 AM, more stimulating talk.
0: Don't know what to do with your money? He does. Rob Black, 1 800 345 5639. On 910 AM, more
1: stimulating talk. FYI, I've got an app at the iTunes store called Rob Black and Your Money. It's Rob Black and Your Money. There's some bonus material like the super secret, not-so-secret podcast that I do that's uh, basically just stock ideas, and they're aggressive stock ideas. 800 um, 345 Again, that's an iTunes app, Rob Black and Your Money. Uh, if you buy it, uh, it's two ninety nine. It's cheap, 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 cheap. I don't think it'll change your life. I don't think it'll turn straw into gold, but give me good feedback anyway. Uh, that's all I'm looking for. I'm looking for that that glorious feedback because let's put it this way, my head's pretty big and needs feeding. The ego needs feeding. Let's go to Mark in San Jose. Mark.
0: Hey Rob. Hi. Yeah, I got a company here
1: that I was researching. It's called Jazz Pharmaceuticals, and it has to deal with fibromyalgia. And I know it's difficult to get some of the product they're trying to get because it, it's a heavy narcotic. What do you think? Is a good buy because it's only eight bucks, and um, if it's uh, something, might be to look into. Yeah, keep in mind, only at eight bucks means nothing, uh, because if there's a billion shares, then it's an eight billion dollar company. If there's a million shares, it's an eight million dollar company. So don't don't get too caught up with that only at eight bucks thing. Um, I know this company pretty well. It's a Bay Area company. I've looked at it. It's hit my screen numerous times in the last year. Um, it's had a nice move. It's gone from about three bucks up to eight bucks. Um, no one's really following it. Ticker symbol is JAZZ, um, and they basically. Uh, Let me change what you're saying and put it into human terms as far as the heavy narcotics go. And thanks for the call. They want to paint the town with successful treatments for niche, very niche, psychiatric and neurological conditions. Now, the company has several products in the market, including narcolepsy treatments. One of them is Zyram, which is also in clinical trials for the treatment of fibromyalgia. Uh, they got Antizole, which is an antidote for ethanol, glycol, or methanol poisoning. What is methanol poisoning? Like, again, this is niche, ain't it? Now, the company acquired both drugs through their 2005 purchase of Orphan Medical. Now, Jazz Pharma is also a marketing rights for a company called uh, Solvay Pharmaceuticals, uh, which is a treatment for obsessive compulsive disorder and a social anxiety disorder for the FDA approved in 2008. Let's take a quick look at their financials. So it's a small, niche-oriented drug play. You could probably, I don't think it would be going too crazy to, Label it a, a biotech, even though there's not a lot of biology in what they're doing. Revenues are pretty good. Listen to this: they've gone from 65 million in 2007 to 67 million in 2008. That's not that good, right? Grew 2 million from 07 to 08, but in 09 they jumped to 128 million. The cost of goods sold has also dropped dramatically from 13 million to not about 9 million. Now they've got some depreciation and amortization. They've got some operating margins for the first time ever. They're young financially. That's probably the thing that stands out. They're very young financially. They don't have a lot of cash. They've only got about 15 million in cash. Two years ago, they had 102 million. Now they've gone out and, and they've gone out and, and acquired companies. They've cut their short-term debt aggressively. They've cut 90 million out of their short-term debt, and you can see it. That's, the, that's their cash. They took their cash and they paid off their debt. Um, operating cash flow is still not quite where you want it to be. One analyst call, covers it, and he sees it as a $15 stock. It's currently $8. Now, this is a company called WBB Securities, and he's saying following a 50% correction, which came amidst reaffirmed guidance, upward bias of the range during the first call last week, uh, the company trades at 10 times cash earnings per share. The firm says that they've produced strong, consistent revenue growth, they reaffirmed guidance for their drugs. They're tightening the range of um, guidance going forward. Uh, companies achieved what few small-cap pharmaceutical companies can do in a relatively short term of, of time. Uh, that's turned profitable. So I'm seeing if there's any other news out there that's dramatic. Back in May, May 11th, back in May, 15 days ago, they filed for a 7 million share common stock offering. So they're going to issue more shares. Which, like I said, that that's going to hurt the company because there's going to be more shares, but they're gonna, it's going to help the company because they're going to pull in money and they're going to, you know, use that money hopefully smartly, like they've done in the past. I'm trying to find if I can find anything negative about it. Um, just wildly underfollowed. So they're doing a lot of debt reshuffling, which is okay. It's okay, but um, just keep in mind that. It's not the easiest company to follow, financially speaking, because they're moving a lot of pieces around. So there you go. That's the review of Jazz Pharmaceuticals, ticker symbol J-A-Z-Z. I would call it aggressive, small cap. So keep in mind, you're, you're supposed to get eight assets. You're supposed to get eight equity divisions, large cap growth, large cap value, small cap growth, small cap value, mid cap growth, mid cap value, international, and some sort of income. So that's eight areas. This is your small cap growth. And that's probably risky, probably more risky than, say, like a Bank of America. So just, just man cannot live on crazy all alone. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Kevin in Fremont. Kevin? And probably risky. Hello? Hello, Kevin. Bank of America. Sir. You need to turn off your radio, Kevin.
0: There you go. What's up? Hello? Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, I was uh, calling about the uh, Solyndra. What's your thoughts on Solyndra in Fremont?
1: Um, I don't think they're publicly traded at this point in time. Let me see if I can find any information for you, and thanks for the call. Solyndra obviously um, in the news with President Barack Obama visiting the factory. Play on solar. Let me see what I can dig up on it. There it is. $100 million in sales. Not publicly traded at this point in time. They take a 360-degree approach to modules. Company manufactures photovoltaic solar panels made up of tube-shaped modules rather than the traditional flat modules. So they basically look like um, cylinders. That's probably the easiest way of saying it. Um, Their customers include solar system integrators and roofing material manufacturers like Phoenix Solar Solar Power. Uh, founded in 2005 by a guy named Chris Gronit. So is privately owned by various venture capital and equity firms. Um, it looks like in December 2009 they filed for a $300 million IPO, but it has not come public at this point in time. Hold on. Let's see what I can – it looks like their ticker symbol is going to be S-O-L-Y. Maybe it's coming soon. Yeah, it's that – look, they've got a ticker symbol assigned to them, but they, I've got nothing else on them. As far as um, information goes, because they are private and they have not uh, thrown down their their financials for us to, to digest at this point in time. They've got 800 employees. Um, competition would be First Solar, NanoSolar, and SunTech Power. So far, there hasn't been a lot of margins in this business model, so keep that in mind. Uh, but yep, yeah, that's all I, that's all I got for you. If They got a ticker symbol out there. They'll eventually be publicly traded. And yesterday, we saw Barack Obama, you know, basically tout. Out them and say, you know, this is this is good. This is what uh this is what stimulus is all about. Here's a small company doing cool things. So there you go on Cylinder. A ticker symbol would be S O L Y. Now the Justice Department came a knocking, and that's never good. They came a knocking to Apple and their tactics in the market for digital music. So Apple's starting to become Microsoft. Isn't that kind of funny? During all the nineteen nineties and two thousands, early two thousands, Microsoft was under the investigation for their Department of Justice of using their monopoly in an operating system and, you know, keeping browsers, companies down, keeping audio companies down. So uh, it's turning now time to focus on Apple, which is kind of befuddling to me. There's an app for that. The antitrust inquiry is in its early stages, but it's typically it looks like it's tied towards Amazon. Apple has used its dominant market position to persuade music labels to refuse to give the online retailer Amazon exclusive access to music about to be released. So, back a couple months ago, Amazon asked the music company, the labels, if they could get some new songs. You're like, hey, if we get the new Christina Aguilera Bionic song, if we get that one day before it's released, we'll put it on our website, like MP3 Daily Deal. We'll do something, you know, we'll promote it for you the day before it's released. And Apple I, basically squashed it. So and you can imagine Apple has punished those that did uh, not play by their rules by basically withdrawing marketing support for songs on iTunes. The Apple iTunes Music Service, you know, um, has asked labels not to participate in Amazon's promotion. Is that legal or illegal? Um, certainly stems competition, right? So Apple's by far the largest seller of music in the, the United States. They got about 70% of the market. Out of all the music sold, they got 70%. Now, that's kind of nutty, right? Stop and think about that. A couple of years ago, Apple was the, the company that, that did the 1984-style commercial during the Super Bowl. They, they did the, the Color Max. Do you remember those and the marketing gimmick on that and uh, the yellow and the red? Which one's you? And, you know, PCs have always been incredibly boring boxes, and they, they, they threw color on the box. They got 70% of the music market. Their MP3 stores um, at Amazon is, is number two. So it's in second place with 8%. You know, I don't know one person who's ever bought a song from Amazon.com. I don't know why. That's a weird thing for me to say. I I don't know one person who's ever bought a song from Amazon.com. So Apple's the largest overall seller of the music in the world, 26.7% of the overall market. That's up from 12% in 2007. So they're getting bigger and they're getting stronger. Now, the inquiry by the Justice Department is just one of many now. The Federal Trade Commission is moving ahead with a separate investigation on Apple's rules for developers who create applications with the iPhone operating system. That inquiry was initiated by a complaint by, yeah, that's right, Adobe Systems, the maker of the Flash format for Internet video. There's, that's said to be in the early stages. So it's interesting. you know, with, with success comes the Department of Justice, and to me that's a good thing. I know you're going to say, really? <laughs> it absolutely is. If the Department of Justice is looking into you because you've got that kind of market dominance – well, Wall Street's gonna dig you because you got that kind of market dominance. Companies like Intel, IBM, and Google, you know, uh, they've all they've all had issues now with the Department of Justice. It's interesting to note that there's also a, a, the way Apple's hiring people. So the way Apple's hiring people um, is being investigated. So I, I don't know much on that, and that's just kind of you know being thrown in there. Now, the music investigation signals, you know, elevated scrutiny brought about by the Obama administration against Apple. Uh, Google just got the acquisition of AdMob. Apple's, you know, got their own issue there too with, uh, antitrust. So, just fun to watch. The technology companies are under fire. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up, I've got Morgan Stanley saying, hey, Cash is trash. Get in the stock market. And also the business of sports right around the, the corner. Rob Black, your money, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk.
0: If money grew on trees, he'd be the fertilizer. He's Rob Black on 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk.
1: Just got an interesting email from Steve. Summing it up, at the end, he basically, you know, he gets what I'm trying to do, and he says, thanks for helping folks not work until the day they die. He's also thankful for the, you know, flight to the concords. Now, that's not juicy content in an email, but it's appreciated in large part because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make sure that you don't have to work till the day you die. My, my dream for you um, would be <laughs> that, you know, when you're 70, 80 years old, you're giving money to your grandkids, to your good grandparent. Now, that's my dream for you because that's my dream if you get where I'm going with that. Let's go to Brian in Sonoma County to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. How are you, Brian?
0: Hi, I just uh, was curious on your opinion of Anika Therapeutics. They've got a couple of good uh, drugs or devices in the, in the pipeline for uh, people with that knees.
1: Yeah, um, again, it's turning out to be small-cap Pharmaceutical stock day, Brian. And thanks for the call. Is this one you own, or is one you're looking to own? Uh, I own.
0: I, I was. Yeah, I've been in and out of it, and I uh, just bought back in.
1: Okay, it's recently gone from nine dollars to six dollars. So you're buying it as it's pulled back, and the six dollar level is it's been held back in September. Kind of got there and went sideways. Then it went higher. It came back down in January, February, and it's kind of gone sideways in the six dollar area. And uh, thanks for the call, Anika Therapeutics. It's it's roosterific. Roosterific. I know you're saying, how is he going to put rooster into a company that's a a pharmaceutical company? Well, what they do is they extract a polymer from rooster combs. I I can't make that up. I can't make that up. So the company uses hyaluronic acid, um, and basically they basically extract from rooster combs a, a technology to make products that treat bone, cartilage, and soft tissue. Now, Anika's uh, osteoarthritis of the knee drug is available in the United States and overseas. Depoy Mytex sells the product in the U.S. They they just make it. They don't distribute it in the United States. Someone else does it for them. Uh, So they don't really have a a sales force, if you you get where this company is. I mean, they're they're small. Now, Bosch and Lom sells two of the company's products that maintain eye shape and protect tissue during eye surgery. Um, Other products include surgical anti-adhesives and aesthetic dermatolo- uh, dermatology products. So I don't really know them intimately. Taking a look at their, their financials, moving in the right direction, $30 million, 35 to $40 million. Cost of goods moved up slightly. Gross profit margin has improved from 60% to 65%. Operating margins down big in the, the last three years from 21% down to 13%. Uh, overall net profit margin has gone from 20% to 9%. So their margins are moving the wrong direction. Their earnings are moving in the right direction. So you, as a stock detective, Brian, you got to find out what's causing their margins to go go bad on us. Um, Their cash has gone from 35 to 24 million, and can they fix their margins? Because if they can, it's it's absolutely a buy because revenues are moving in the right direction. Now, another question that I don't know is uh, the rooster combs, the osteoarthritis drugs. What's what is that market? Is that a market of you know aging population? Is it a market of you know, two people out of a million? Is it is it an incredibly rare thing? Who's their competition? Does the competition have similar product or better product than them? And that's all you have to find out. I mean, this is a pretty straightforward kind of investigation for you. Um, I don't see any major flaws in the company other than that's tiny. And, again, you got to ask yourself the question, who's the competition? You know, how big is the potential product? Why are the margins going the wrong direction? So I can't do all that for you, as you probably well known. As far as, um, they had some compliance issues with the FDA recently, and they said that they've they fixed it and that the FDA has accepted the corrective actions put forth by Annika to address the issues raised in a 2008 warning letter and therefore has removed any restrictions from the company. Product gross margin for the fourth quarter was 64% compared with 66% last year. I'm just looking through their earnings release. Um, they're going to develop a direct sales model and they're going to launch monodivisic domestic domestically uh, upon its approval by the FDA. So they're waiting FDA approval. That's another thing that you have to, you know, figure out. They're, they're, them launching a direct sales force is going to cost them money, but it will make them more profitable if they can get that product into more hands. So you got some issues working with you. So you got some issues to figure out as far as, you know, uh, where it goes and where it doesn't go. Not one single analyst covers it that I can find, Brian, or at least not one single analyst who's, credit, you know, credible. So that's what i got for you. Get your calls in the air, It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Or you can call if you're outside the state, 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. Now, I've, I've teased this a little bit, so let me deliver with a tease because – I'm going to warm you up, but I'm also going to deliver the goods, if you know what I'm saying. Morgan Stanley today is calling for investors to overweight emerging market equities. Now this is important, again, not because you trust Morgan Stanley, not because you've got an advisor at Morgan Stanley. This is important because Morgan Stanley has hundreds and thousands of advisors. They've got hundreds of thousands. They've got an army of people who take their research, call their clients, and tell them, we need to do this. So, ultimately, they've got a contrarian streak. They're saying, you know what? We like what we're seeing in the BRICS, in the, in the BRICS being Brazil, Russia, India, and China. While well, everyone else is quitting on them, and here's the phrase that pays, you can't quit me. While well, everyone else is quitting on Brazil, Russia, India, and China, and if you take a look at those markets, they've been, they've been hurt a lot more than the United States. They're raising their equities. They're raising their, 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 their they say, cash is trash. They've moved from 5% cash position in their their model portfolio to 2%. They've reduced um, uh, local currency debt or income plays off the European Union. So they're cutting that down, but they're increasing their overweight. Now, again, this is interesting to note. They're overweighting Brazil, Russia, India, and China to 6% of the portfolio, up from 4%. That's pretty interesting. You know, again, some people will say put 20% of your money in emerging markets or in international markets. But again, they're particularly saying Brazil, Russia, India, and China. They're not saying Europe. They're not saying international. They're saying those four countries. It basically shows that despite global concerns that have emerged recently, what I refer to as de-risking in the stock market, strong earnings results have led to rapidly increasing 2010 earnings per share forecast. Now, the underlying earning fundamentals have become far stronger in the last two months, despite the gloom out of Europe, despite concerns about China tightening their fiscal policies. Uh, The four price. The forward price-to-earning ratios are at historically low levels. So they like it. Now, I'm not saying that's appropriate for you. I'm not saying go do it. I'm saying Morgan Stanley has an army of brokers. They have an army of a retail force that can push stocks higher. Now, again, your risk profile is different than theirs, and it's different than mine. But it's, it's worth noting out there that not everyone's spooked with what's happening in the stock market. Some people are finding it as an opportunity to buy. Obviously, some people find it as an opportunity to sell. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air or 415-322-9101, 415-322-9101. Coming up, I got a little bit on Obama and what he had to do and say in the Bay Area. And Procter gamble has got a new product out for shampoo. Now, again, you may say, really? Are we really inventing new things for shampoo? Yeah, we are. It's, it's pretty interesting. 800-345-569. It's Rob Black and your money. 910 a.m. More stimulating talk.
0: This is Rob Black and your money on 910 a.m. More stimulating talk.
1: And now, Rob Black. Welcome in, Rob black your money, 800-345-5639 to get your call on the air, it's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Kind of a crazy amount of news out there, and the more things change, the more they stay the same, it doesn't really work that way anymore, right? The more things change, the more they actually change. Um, if you go into a convenience store in this day and age, you'll see just crazy, like crazy amounts of flavors that we've never ever never had before. You look at you know bubble gum and you get micro bursts, you know uh, peppermint spray, mango surf, watermelon spring. I mean, if you take a look at Doritos, you know it's it's how badly can we burn your mouth? So the more things change, the more they actually change. If you go back to the 1940s and the 1950s. Average American had about 10 spices in their pantry. You know, cinnamon was a big one, nutmeg, vanilla, and mustard. If you jump, you know, from the 40s and 50s to the 70s and 80s, we started adding things like lemon pepper and taco seasoning. A little bit more dramatic, right? A little bit more dramatic than cinnamon and and mustard. Uh, Jump to the 1990s, and it's crazy. The average American now has over 40 spices in their kitchen. Um, And some of them are just crazy, like smoked paprika, and and garam masala, where I'm like, I don't even know that spice. So the more things change, the more they actually do change. And uh, good golly, you know, 50 years ago, you wouldn't think of buying Emerald Lagasse sauces. You know, Paula Deen. Celebrities have their own product line. So things change. Things change pretty aggressively and, and dramatically. And if you don't change with them, you go down. There's a company that I like a lot, Procter & Gamble. And I'm not – I'm trying to get you to buy companies that aren't going to get you in trouble over your lifetime. On occasion, I'll get sexy with you because who doesn't like crazy fun sex? Like I'll, I'm, Sometimes I'll get a little spontaneous and give you a, a super stock of an idea that can make you lots of money in a short amount of time. But typically, I, I kind of like keeping people calm, keeping, keeping people collected. When there's a big Gulf spill of oil, you know, is it a buying opportunity? I think it is. I think you can buy British Petroleum now. Or, you know, if you have a heart, we can, we can boycott them, but that's not how I work. I look at their balance sheet, and I go, they're going to survive this. I look at their money, and I, I think they're going to survive this. Not quite sure why I say that, because, man, Obama doesn't seem to care about it, does he? Seems a little apathetic towards it. So Procter & Gamble, ticker symbol, is PG, and it's, it's a really solid company. It's not going to get you into a lot of trouble. And um, I think I'll just leave it there. But they, too, have to change their product on a regular basis, very regular basis, right? Shampoos. If you go into a CVS, if you go into a Walgreens, you'll see, like, the shampoos dominated by Procter & Gamble. They might have psh, a whole shelf. So their big product is Pantene. And Pantene has about three billion dollars a year in sales it's no slouch right it's huge so they have to continually change that ever so slightly because sales have been slipping a little bit and one of the things they recently did to pantene was they tapped 17 phds in technologies typically used for space and medical research to try to overhaul that brand i think that's the lesson of the day wall street works with brands um, Intel. Do you remember Intel Inside campaign? It, they tried to brand it. They, they they tried desperately to get that brand going because a brand is worth a lot of money. If you can market something that people know what it is, it's huge. Now, 17 PhDs working on shampoo is pretty crazy because, again, the more things change, the more they, they change. If you take a look back at history, you know, shampoo was essentially soap back in the 1960s and people used oil to add softness and sheen. So it's basically soap with oil in it. Nowadays a bottle of shampoo carries about a dozen ingredients. Now, reformulated 13 substances that have never been used before. And again, it, they got they got to protect the brand so that you know what you're getting, but at the same time they got to they got to update it otherwise they're going to get, you know, left in the in the dirt so to speak. So Procter and Gamble reduced the number of shampoos that are that are out there. And listen to this. They've they've made it easier for you to figure it out. Like there's shampoos for color-treated hairs, shampoos for curly hair, shampoo for fine hair, and shampoo for medium to thick hair. So they've color-coded everything, and you don't even know this. But they've used technology from NASA's Phoenix Mars Lander in the shampoo. Now, can can I make that up? I couldn't make that up from the NASA Phoenix Mars Lander. They've also done some microcomputed tomography, uh, they've used to measure bone density. They, it's helping reveal how ingredients interact with different hair types. So th- this is an effort, you know, again, protect a brand. They're they're using they're throwing as much technology as they can at it because right now cheaper rivals are taken away from Pantene. Private label alternatives are taken away due to the recession. Sales have dropped for Pantene, and uh, again, I just I think it's interesting to see uh, some of the stuff behind the scenes that we we don't have any clue about. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's take a quick look at the stock market. So the stock market's up 95. Uh, the Dow is, Nasdaq's up 30. The S&P 500 is up 12 points. Now, Procter & Gamble, one of the things I started with this conversation, ticker symbol is PG, is it's gone up every single five-year period, except for the last three. So it's gone up every single five-year period from 1970 to se- well, 75 to 80, no. But from 80 to 85 up, from 85 to 90 up, from 90 to 95 up, from 95 to 2000 up, from 2000 to 2005 up but slightly, and now the last few years down slightly. Now, it's huge. Now, do you think people in Brazil, Russia, and India, and China are going to wash their hair more as they get jobs? Do you think as some countries develop a middle class, they're going to be brushing their teeth, washing their hair? Of course they are, and that's why I like Procter & Gamble. It's a play on basically cleanliness. I know you're saying, really? And also, I like the fact that it had a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight five-year periods, which is 40 years. It's gone up in six of them, sideways in one and slightly down in another. And it's yielded 3% of a dividend yield. So even even in the down years, you get 3%. So I like it. And I like the fact that, you know, you can now go out and, and, and do what you're going to do, and this stock will take care of you over 40 years. Now, again, my thesis on this show is you work from age 20 to age 60, and that's it. You invest in that period of time, and hopefully from age 60 to 100, you still have some investments going for you, but you, I don't know if you will or won't. You may have to live off that investments. So and out of that 40-year period, if you turned 60 this year and you've held Procter & Gamble for the last 40 years, you've done pretty good. It's gone from $2 up to $61 in that period of time. That's not bad. Now, again, is it rocket science? Well, their shampoo is, but it's not rocket science to think that we're going to wash our hair because the more things change, the more they stay the same. We are going to wash our hair. I mean, if I don't wash my hair, I'm going to be all dirty and nappy looking. So I'm going to get dreads. (laughs) Heidi's put on her headphones, which means she has something to say. Let's see what it is.
0: Well, I think you're absolutely right about the shampoo and you were mentioning like the 13 new ingredients that they put in there. And it just so happens you and I were actually both at the hairdresser yesterday. Um, But my hairdresser was telling me that the shampoo that he uses um, is mostly made out of seaweed now okay and apparently it stinks really bad normally but then they put all these perfumes and whatnot to cover it up um and then the other thing is i guess pantene and you tell me if you've ever heard this rumor or not but growing up i was told that there was placenta in pantene
1: i've heard that rumor you think that's true i don't think so where are you going to get placenta
0: I don't that's my question. is it human? Is it animal? What is it? Animal, um
1: animal placenta, yeah, so that's the rumor. I just googled it um
0: <laughs> so weird things, weird things in shampoo,
1: yeah that's <laughs> i'm I'm gonna read this on the fly and it, it's gonna make no sense to you um it's is Pantene shampoo bad for your hair? There was a question posted, and the answer is yes, it's bad for your hair. It makes your hair break off and fall out. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that um. I stopped using it, and now I have great, healthy hair, and, and everyone loves me. <laughs> I don't know. In theory, there is a rumor that Pantene has animal placenta. Um, yeah, it, it seems to be true that it has animal placenta in it. I got nothing else. I, I got nothing else. I'm not. I'm dropping the story because I, I can go nowhere with it. And I didn't go to a hairdresser, just FYI. I went to a hair butcher.
0: Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Did you, not a barber? Men go to barbers,
1: right? I'm not a man. What a, are you? I'm a man's man. I'm the world's most interesting man. I'm bigger than man.
0: I thought you were the world's second most interesting man.
1: You know who I actually go to? I go to a, a gay guy, and I only throw that out there because, well, he's he's flaming. He's, he's living the lifestyle, and he um, massages my head. And for some reason, you massage my head, I will do anything for you. Um, I'm one of those people I like to have my head touched. And it's it's just that's all I got for you. It feels good. It feels good. I agree with you. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk President Barack Obama. He was in town. He did a 19 hour sweep through the Bay Area. He raised money for Democrats. A lot of people are saying, why are you raising money right now? We've got a war going on that needs your special attention, sir. And we've also got the the Gulf and Democrats are mad at Obama. It seems that he's passive right now. So last night he drew about a thousand supporters. They raised one point seven five million dollars. $600,000 600000 is going to go boxers, to Barber Boxer's campaign and $1.1 1. 1 overall for the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee. Now, the event for about 200 people later, they paid $2,000 each. It was, it was uh, hosted by Wade Randlett, which is a Silicon Valley entrepreneur, a former eBay executive and State controller Steve Wesley. Um, so interesting fundraisers, $1.75 million. You know you're powerful when you could pull that off in in basically one night. Now, he did go to Solyndra, which is a Fremont solar panel manufacturer. Um, It's a five-year-old company. Last year, they got about 535 million buckaroo loan guarantee from the Department of Energy. It's been hailed by the Obama administration as an example of how last year's stimulus bill pumped life into the economy. Solyndra now has 1,000 new workers, and it's expected to add another 1,000 workers, so good for that. The president's second trip to the Bay Area since he took office last year. He made a quick trip in San Francisco for a Democratic fundraiser, and he's expected to depart today right around noon from SFO. So traffic's not supposed to be so hot around that area. I, I, I throw all this out there for you, and I don't know. It's, to me, the, the fundraising has taken all the fun out of politics. So you have to be a good fundraiser to be a politician in this day and age. If you can't raise funds, then you can't be a politician. And that's not what being a politician's all about. Being a politician is about representing the people. But, yeah, you know, over 60% of the money that's raised, it's not from that own district. So most of the money being raised for politicians are, are from outside state. So it, to me it just seems like the, the interest and special interest that buy and pay Congress, we got to change these rules. I, I love the idea of you could only raise money in, in your city. Love that idea. Love that idea or in your district or whatever you want to call it, your state. Um, love that idea. But is it realistic? It's, it's, seems realistic, but honestly, it'll never fly. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, I got headline news right around the corner on nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk.